This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 391 for Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week is Megan Townsend. You can find her at Townsend on all the social media that matters, as well as Twitch. Same username. And she has been doing some streaming on the Citadel server with me. Uh, we haven't done a co-stream yet, quote unquote, oh. um, but you've been busy. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Yeah, I have been busy. I was just like, oh, is, is, is that a threat? No, um, no, no, that's that's a promise. No, <laughs> that's a promise. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, it means that I haven't followed up on the fact that I think we we mentioned that we should do that a long time ago. We haven't done it, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you've been busy. It's been fun to to see new stuff yeah. happening around on on the streams uh, here and there. Uh, and I know that you've been playing Minecraft, but I don't want to. I mean, I, I don't want to dive too far into that because obviously there's a whole other podcast called the Spawn Chunks where people can listen to to Minecraft stuff. But um, what else have you been doing? uh on twitch have you been doing any other games are you still playing spirit fair it's been a while since we've had a check-in on that i kind of took a break from spirit fair for a little while not because it's um you know boring or anything i am actually really enjoying it but it's more so just um my brain has currently just been with minecraft lately i think uh having a new area to build in has kind of really given me a lot of inspiration and seeing what you've been doing in there has given me a lot of inspiration so i'm feeling the need to create right now which is which is nice i like it um but i will definitely be getting back into spirit fair at some point very soon um because i do miss it and i would like to you know know what happens in the rest of the story um so we'll probably i'll pro- i'm gonna my goal is to try and finish that prop probably by my birthday i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna finish building what i'm building right now in minecraft and have that done. And then once I'm done that, then I will move back into Spirit Fair and go through that again. Um, and then we'll we'll take a break from because I think I need to get the creative the creatives out of my system, for lack of a better word. I just need to to get the 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 build I want just out there. And then once that's done, I can probably sit and and um, recoup and like kind of get some more inspiration again for future builds while I play Spirit Fair. It's funny, you know, with games like that, uh, with Oxygen Not Included, I got very into that and was playing it more than I was playing Minecraft. But And while mm-hmm. it's creative, it's also like a bit of a puzzle game in terms of like things are going yeah. wrong and you have to like patch the holes and fix the problems and make sure the duplicates are happy. And I've learned a lot. I don't want to start over, but I feel like, you know, my next playthrough will be better. Uh, and I feel like I put too much pressure on myself sometimes where I get roped into a specific kind of game or even in Minecraft a specific project and that's kind of like all I want to do I get very mm-hmm. focused on that kind of stuff but what's nice yeah. about about gaming in general is that if you have enough of a variety in your library then you can kind of play what you're in the mood for 
you know, yes. if you want to play Borderlands 3 and shoot stuff and not really think too hard about things, then you can do that. You know, if it moves, fire at it. It's, <laughs> it's not a hard yes. concept, you know? And, and yes. whereas with Minecraft, you're just like, oh, like I've got like all these blocks and I have to make decisions. And like, you have to like, there's decisions that you want to make, but you have to then reorganize which order in which you have to make them like you want to make a staircase mm -hmm. but first you have to figure out where the second floor is before you like you need a target before you can actually build the thing and right. i find with games uh now i haven't played spirit fair but i've watched some of your streams here and there and uh it's just one of those chill games and i'm even like to the point where i i was playing some games and we'll get into this in, later in the show where there was no goal I was just doing it because yeah. it was pretty. Like I just, you know, yeah. I was just moving around. Like I was just doing stuff because I was just like, well, I don't really know how to play this game. I'm just kind of like dipping my toe in the water for different things. And um, I'm looking forward to building a library of games that are ready to go. Uh, and I guess this would go well, uh, the same for uh, media, you know, television shows, um, films, that kind of thing. Uh, just having a, a, a better selection of things where the decision has already been made. Like, I like this show. I gave it a shot and I want to continue with it, but it's on streaming. Same with the game, same with the film, whatever. And I'll return to it when I'm in the right mood for it. Right. Exactly. Like I really liked, uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. Race by wolves. I think it's the sci-fi show on HBO. Uh, yes. Ridley, familiar, yeah. Ridley Scott produced, I believe. Uh, it is weird. And mm -hmm. it has a lot of like religious overtones and, and it's, but it's, it's very odd sci-fi, which I like, but I'm not always in the mood for it. But that's a show that's right. on my shelf that I'm just like, when I return to it, I will probably enjoy it. But I just, I just kind of got out of it. I was in mid, I wanted something lighter because it's a heavy show and I wanted something, I wanted something lighter. And I'm looking forward to having that kind of a library with games as, as well. So out of curiosity, um, what are the the current games on your on your list that you would say might branch a couple different genres? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. Well, I think for the pure chaos of it, Among Us is definitely up there. I really, my I'm gonna be honest, my Among Us streams don't do very well. I think they're always at a time where where most most people who are frequently in my in my chat will. will like they can't make it for those ones, which I don't blame anyone for. Um, or I'm playing with some of the people who are in my chat, like real life friends. Um, but Among Us is is very, very fun. I'm actually just looking at my game library right now to see <laughs> what it is in there. Because um, I have various gaming platforms too. I have um, uh, Xbox and I have Steam. And, um, so I was just trying to find... Uh, different things occasionally I don't I don't I can't really do it by myself but Sea of Thieves is something that I dive into occasionally um I'll do that with with um you know my, my partner Fizz and we're calling sorry his nickname is Fizz um so we call him Fizz in the in the media sphere um just a silly nickname and um I have Spirit Fair and uh Ori Ori in the Blind Forest is another one that's on there there's a lot of them. There's like there I have Half Life and I have um Baldur's Deep and I have or Baldur's Gate, sorry. Um I have a lot of them. And I have it I feel like I've been like 
overwhelmed with the amount of options that I have available to me. Um, and also I have to be careful what I'm playing right now too, because my computer has not been in the best shape. So I do need to upgrade some parts of it before I can get into some of the games that I really want to get into. Like I have to upgrade a processor and graphics card before I can do some more like shooter based games, I think, which I'd like to get into. Um, and my friend, another streamer friend, uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Luna, um, she did go by ceremony. I think we talked about her before. Oh yes, she was that how yeah, I met her. Years yeah, ago. I met her. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. She's very sweet. Um, so she's rebranded from Ceremony because people kept calling her Sarah Money, and she didn't like it. Uh, so she rebranded to Sarah Luna. Um, and uh, she um has been playing a lot of World of Warcraft, and I'm like, oh, I really kind of want to play World of Warcraft again. It's <laughs> I have the bug for it, so we'll see what happens. But I, right now, I'm kind of just feeling it out and seeing what's what first of all what I can reasonably play with the equipment that I have at this time before I can upgrade things and then um you know kind of just chasing chasing the impulses I guess it's funny that you mentioned World of Warcraft because I've I have the MMO itch but I don't mm, I don't yeah. necessarily have the World of Warcraft itch because well one I don't want to pay a subscription which is like $20 Canadian because uh, as much as I like World of Warcraft, it's changed to the point where I don't think it's quite what I would want from an MMO experience anymore. Yeah, there's like there is like an OG World of Warcraft. Oh, now. I know you can do. Yeah, you can do. Um, we we did a show on it. You can do. You can do the oh, um, yes. the 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 first thing. But that's not what I want either. I don't want something that looks like it was made ten years ago, basically. Right. Uh, and and I know current World of Warcraft looks very good, but. What I'm saying is that I would much rather dive into something like Guild Wars or I keep seeing this thing mm. advertised. I know it's not my cup of tea. I know it's it's not quite what I wanted to do, um, but it is an uh, I think it's an, a Korean MMO. It's only like 10 bucks. I'm trying to remember the name of it right now. But it's got a it's got a very strange name, which I'm blanking on it. But it looks like the kind of thing that I would want to play, with the exception that you're looking at someone, you're just like, I don't know whether they're a paladin or a sorcerer. You kind of look the exact same. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah. and so that kind of stuff I find a little bit strange. Um, but I can I can definitely feel like the need for a couple of holes in my in my library. But at the same time, I know I don't have time for an MMO. Like I barely have time yeah. to play something else outside of Minecraft. So um, the stream time that I'm going to be putting into, uh, I need, I want to grab another shooter and I want to, well, not another shooter actually to you know, tip of the hat to Brockett. I want to return to Borderlands 3 and continue with that. I want to find more time to do the shooter uh, um, with Borderlands 3. And I do want to continue with, um, with Oxygen not included. It is tricky. And, and this could be a novice streamer sort of comment but i the the business hat often comes on and when you see how well things like a minecraft stream does um i tend to lean into that and it's not that i don't like it it's just that you know when i sit down and it's right now everything has aligned i have been in the mood to play minecraft but also minecraft is getting the most views and the most success and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um but i'm also very self-conscious of not being known for being a minecraft streamer because then i find that that audience tends to only want that and i don't want to be pigeonholed in that way because i i don't exactly. want to, i don't want to just play minecraft and i've and so, been so afraid of being pigeonholed it's funny that you say that i think that's why i've been so adamant and being like i am playing whatever i feel like it because yeah um i don't want to be known for a particular thing and i know that like 
because everyone says like, oh, you have to niche down and you have to play this thing that's going to get you known. And it's like, but I don't want to do that forever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to be forced. Like, because my worry is what if I grow out of that? What if I like, just like, I'm tired of it. I want to do something else entirely. I want, you know, I want people to show it for, for me as, as an individual, not for the content. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's always like, that's in a perfect world, but. Um, well, I mean, it, but it helps to have those kind of rules set up though. Like if you've got yeah. those kind of goals, it's better to have that kind of stuff. And I mean, and I've done it like I, between the Lego builds and the Borderlands and, you know, switching some games up. I mean, I, I do tend to like more open world games anyway. So like the games that I play, like No Man's Sky, I mean, it looks very different than Minecraft, but there's a lot of things about it that are very similar in terms of the vibe, you know, in terms of the, the gamer satisfaction that you get out of no man's sky there's a lot of similarity to to minecraft depending on what you know w how deep into minecraft you go but um right but i have actually been um spending a lot of time on the couch playing games which is why i asked because i i have now uh game pass ultimate uh from mm. xbox and uh i had previously bought uh two three-month codes on sale over the Christmas holiday, uh, I get it for about 10 bucks a month. Uh, so each, it was about $60 for the, for the six months, which is a good deal because it retails for $16.99 Canadian for people that don't know. Um, then I was about to redeem it and Ryan Murphy, a friend of the show, uh, actually he's going to be on next month, uh, said, hey, um, don't redeem those codes just yet. You can upgrade gold memberships to um ultimate memberships on a one-to-one -one ratio while xbox has got this promotion running but it involved sinking a lot more money into it and i don't want to sound like i'm being stingy but like i just didn't feel like spending more money to get more codes when i've already bought codes if that makes any sense yeah uh, then he reminded me that there's still the promotion where you can spend one dollar and get three months of xbox game pass ultimate for for a dollar uh, at oh. which point it just runs out. And I thought, I, I have been looking for an Xbox Series X for so long that uh, I just put that out of my brain. I figured like, nah, that's not, that offer is going to be long gone by the time that I get one. Nope. <laughs> $1.15 uh, with taxes in was charged to my PayPal account on the weekend. <laughs> so I now have wow. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate uh, because I'm, I'm a first time you know subscriber. Uh, for the next yeah. three months. So now I have nine months for the price of three, really. So I can't complain. Um, and I like the idea of not having a long-term commitment because like once June and summer hits, I might not keep the game pass up. Like by that point, I might own one or two games on Xbox, at which point it'll be fine. Um, yes. All that is to say, I believe last week on the show, I was talking about the fact that the Xbox was in transit and estimated, you know, shipping arrival was February 10th. Well, I picked it up on Sunday. <laughs> so, Yay. yeah, so I've, I've got that. So uh, the Xbox Series X with the extra controller is in the house. Uh, I won't go over all of the details, but essentially it was at the Walmart. They didn't give me a pickup notification. I was in the neighborhood because I was already out getting something else, which I'll get to in a second. And I decided to pop in. They said, hey, if you don't mind waiting for a couple of minutes, we just have to process it and then you can be on your way. Uh, I didn't get the young lady's name, but she was all of 15 or 16 if she was at all. And uh, she was very sweet and very helpful. And she was much more helpful than the person at the customer service desk. Uh, she looked like As someone... As they usually are. Yeah, she would just look like someone that was working out back and just thought like, I'm kind of bored today. I'll help this guy out, you know? <laughs> but she was very yeah. sweet. Uh, she was very, very sweet. Um, either way, 
I have the Xbox and uh, I was coming home from Best Buy with my new TCL 4K UHD TV. Uh, so mm. needless to say, the last few days have been uh, very couch intensive. I, I feel like there's a small Joel size divot or a large Joel size divot in, in the couch <laughs> uh, because of the amount of time that I've been spending there. And uh, I'll get into what I've been playing and all that kind of stuff in the main meat of the show. But suffice to say, uh, with Xbox Game Pass now, I have access to a couple of hundred games and very quickly downloaded like a half dozen uh, and and have flagged a few more for play this later, you know, when when you're done with what you have kind of idea. Because I didn't, what, something I did find, um, I spent a lot, a lot of time just kind of cruising through Game Pass and looking to see what was available. Um, I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, the well, time. <laughs> but, but I also don't want my Xbox experience to be the same as my Netflix experiences, which it takes me 20 minutes to decide what to play, right? So right. that was the whole kind of like motivation behind, behind the question of like what games you have that, that br like span the genres that you like. Because I have, you know, racing games, I've got platformers, I've got shooters, and I've got adventure. And I only really have one or one or maybe two of each. Uh, and really down to one usually. And the idea is that like, I, I don't want another adventure game until I'm done the first one, right? Mm. And because um, I am a bit of a completionist. And, and I, I want that yes. experience to be like, here are the you know, six games. So rather than being in the mood for something specific, I can just be like, okay, what am I in the mood to play? Like what style of game? I only have the one downloaded, which means I don't have to wait for the download for the other ones to happen. So that means I'll more than likely complete the, the game that I have. So uh, I'm looking forward to to diving into, into that. Um, but as far as a, a bit of a side note to follow up on our uh, TikTok conversation uh, a few weeks ago, I have... I found a better groove. I feel like I was watching a lot of TikTok at first because I was trying to understand it. Like I was trying to get, yes. you know, kind of wrap my head around how does this, if it fits into my social media um, consumption. Uh, and it usually is like a late night just before bed or or a first mm. thing in the morning, kind of like while my eggs are cooking, you know, like I might scroll through. That's after I've read yeah. like the news to check Twitter for anything important, you know, uh, Instagram to catch up with a couple of friends. But then like um, TikTok is like, OK, I, I've I've got the world news. I've got the friend updates. And now it's just like, OK, what's some fluff while these eggs are boiling? And um, what I found is that. I really enjoy cooking TikTok. It is Yes, remarkable. there are some really great cooking TikTok people on there. And um, and information heavy. Like you can fit a yeah. lot in a minute. Uh, to the point though you where you can. have to like go and pause it to like write down proportions. My biggest beef is that people say like, you know, garlic, ginger, salt, pepper. And I'm going, how but much? How much? How much? But how much <laughs> of it? Now, some people do put their recipe in the comments. Like they'll kind of make like a thread of comments. However, right. that's a good call. as well, a lot of, they make it varied. Um, so there are some people who do that. Um, but I think what some people have started doing saying like, link in my bio, all my recipes. Yes. Um, uh, YouTube channels. With it or something. Yeah. Yes. Or YouTube channels. And like, you know, here's more in depth things. I really like kind of more of like the ambient cooking things where it's not so much like, um, you know, you, you can kind of garner how much, like they're very simple recipes. It's like cut up an onion, a whole clove of garlic, 
um, there's one, I don't ever think you see his face, but it's just a guy who's just looks like he's roughing it in the woods. He uses a machete for everything. And he's just, it's just got nice ambient music. You can hear like the trees and the birds. It always seems to be a nice day, whatever world he lives in. <laughs> and uh, it's always just um, like beautiful ambient, like foresty food. And he's making like these gourmet meals. And it's like, he has like a cast iron pot with like a, with, like a lid and he pours like colds, coals over the lid. So like it cooks from, it's like warm from both sides, almost like an oven and um, I have to see if I can find one. I haven't seen them in a while. I think maybe maybe he has reached the cold point where he can't do this anymore. Um, in which case, it's not. He doesn't live in the fantasy realm, which is great. Um, which means that he's part of this reality. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just I was like, well, I want to be where you are, sir. Um, but the, he's made some amazing dishes, like just really beautiful. And he like he plates them all very nicely. He has like a butcher's block cutting board that's just like in the woods randomly, and he just like cuts up things. And he, it's done almost sensually for lack of a better word like there was a video of someone reacting to it and he like was like rubbing oil on this fish and then he kind of like gave it like a little tap and she was like oh that's like that seems very like weirdly sensual for food but like it's it's a very finely crafted like very nicely filmed series of videos that he does it's very interesting um but yes, food TikTok, amazing. Bread TikTok is also very interesting. Bread TikTok. Uh, I, never, I haven't gotten into like focused stuff. I've been doing a lot of stir fries lately. So I've picked up a couple of people that are mm. really, really in-depth sort of stuff uh, that I just don't know. You know, like I know one or maybe two stir fry recipes. And uh, I've just been picking up a lot of like, I guess I don't, with the, uh, the lack of a better way to put it, I'm looking for like authentic stuff. Like I don't, necessarily yes. want everything to be deep fried and like basically order in yeah. takeout food i don't want that i want like a really good stir fry or how to how to yeah. do like really good like pork belly something like th that kind of stuff uh yeah. would be would be much better um to do at home and and at cheaper too i'd imagine um because i have the things like i have a walk um there's a couple of things i need to pick up like i don't have um so for some recipes that are fried I don't have like those little strainer scoops, you know, like those, it's like a big mm. wire mesh on a stick. Colander? To, no, I've got a colander. I'm talking about like when you've put the shrimp in the batter and it's fried, how to scoop it out of the oil. Like I don't, I don't have. Oh, uh, yes. I don't know I what they're called. I think they're just like a, they're just like, they're like a, like a sieve spoon or something, but they're quite large. Yeah. They're, they're like the size of a, of a decent sized plate. Uh, and mm. I just, I need to pick one of those up. Um, because I have a wok, like I have something deep enough that I could, you know, especially where I'm usually only cooking for me, like I could do something like that, um, to, to experiment with. But, um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm looking, I'm looking into some more specific stuff. Uh, I also follow a couple of people that do at home coffee brewing and tips and tricks and stuff like that. And that's been really yes. cool, uh, to, to follow that, which has been, it's been nice. I'm sure the, the same thing exists for tea and blending your own tea and, yeah, I have seen some of them. Um, there's some people I kind of found like coffee TikTok because I saw I, I end up for some reason, my free page is full of a lot of reaction videos. So I see a lot of videos of people like reacting to these coffee things. So like some people will do like very, very nice, you know, like, you know, really beautifully filmed TikToks. It's like, you know, here's how I make my morning coffee that just there's, there's no there's no dialogue. It's just you hear like the clink of a glass or there's like nice music underneath and you hear like ice going in or whatever. Um, and I ended up finding 
this guy, he does a really impressive Patrick Star impression. Um, but he reacts to um to people making coffee and he it's reactions are very over the top, but like you can tell this guy loves coffee so much because everything that's added to anything, he's just like, oh my god, it looks so like he's just like salivating the whole time he's watching it. It's very funny. Um, but that's kind of how I found tea and coffee TikTok. Um because I, I I the thing is I like coffee. I just I'm just allergic to it. I can't drink it, but I like to watch people make really finely crafted coffees and I'm like, how can I turn this around for tea? What can I do to make this tea based instead of coffee based? So it's I, I like to to watch the the process. Um but it's it all looks so good though too. I wanna know what cameras people use to do this. I found that a tricky thing too. Like I've been watching some of these videos. It's like, okay, some of them I get. Okay, yeah, you you took that into Premiere Pro and did some very cool things with yeah. that afterwards. But yeah. for the people that are just doing some cooking stuff, in general, you can usually tell when you feel like you're too close to the person. It's usually just a phone that they've propped up on something, you know, because yes. the phone lens tends to make just you feel too close to the individual. Um, yes. But... And I'm assuming it's a selfie cam because they would have to use the front facing camera with the screen so they can see if they're in the shot or not. Uh, I just don't know how people do all the editing. Yeah. I don't know whether that's like, live on TikTok or whether they edit, whether they film a video with their phone, edit it on their phone because phones have software to do that. Um, do, and then, yeah. and then upload it to TikTok later. But like the level of editing that because especially when it's a bunch of jump cuts like i mean it's obviously something that takes longer than a minute to even record let alone produce and yes. and yet they've still managed to do some stuff now when someone's you know i can't remember what his name is i do follow him though but he's like the youngest person to ever complete the master chef tv show or something like that um nice kid i mean i say kid mm -hmm. he's he's young <laughs> uh but he knows his yeah. stuff and he's a little over the top in terms of like the kind of things that he cooks but he's doing that because it's crazy and that's what people want to see you know they yeah. want to see him you know the tomahawk you know steak that's the size of his arm like that's the kind of stuff that people want to see him do uh mm -hmm. but his video quality is fantastic and now i get that modern cell phones have nice cameras in them but i just don't know the, like the level of editing and timing and stuff like that that he that he does it's, it's he obviously records the whole thing first and then edits it together later because he does this brilliant thing where he makes the thing and he takes a bite and he says, oh, let's make orange duck or something. And then he continues on to, to do the, um, the cooking video. But at the end of the cooking video, you see him take the same bite, but it then cuts yes. before he says, let's make, you know, whatever the announcement is. Like so whatever. it's like a perfect loop. It is a perfect loop. Yeah. It's really yeah. smart. It's very, yeah. very clever. And I like, and it's, it's clean and simple too. It's not too showy. Uh, it just, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice style of video, but I need to look into that more. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to contribute. I don't think I have anything that I don't already contribute on other platforms. The only thing I thought yeah. about doing was doing a little one minute video of how I make pancakes, because I think people would one, find that amusing and maybe even useful. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, but I don't, but it's like one of those things like, well, then I'd have to film it with my phone. And like, I, I don't know, like it, just, it was, it's, it just becomes more involved than I have. I've planned to be in my kitchen because my kitchen is not set up for streaming at all. Um, yeah. but, but I could see myself if I had the space and if I had the gear getting into doing some streams, I know that people do cooking streams on Twitch all the time. 
um, just to jump back to yeah. Twitch for a second. So I just, I've, it's something that I'm curious about. I'm just not a big fan of being on camera and it's not I mean, that I'm super camera necessarily... shy. It's, it's more just a, it's the added point of failure. It's like, do I, I have enough trouble with like streaming and microphone stuff. I don't think I need to add like a video camera and lights to my whole <laughs> setup, mm -hmm. you know? So there's yeah. that too. Um, I mean, I see what some people do is they kind of like focus, they have the camera focused on their workstation and not mm -hmm. necessarily on them. And sometimes they may like duck down and be like, hello, I'm here. But I mean, like, you know, I don't think you've necessarily, I think you've made enough of a presence for yourself on Twitch without a face cam that like, I, th I think you would be fine. So it was just people seeing, you know, your hands or like your torso or something doing yeah. the work. That's and I've done that with the Lego stuff right? too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so people know that you're like a real human human body, you know. Um, <laughs> not just a floating but voice. But I mean, like a lot of the, exactly, not just an, uh, a voice out there in the ether. Um, but, um, you know, I've seen, I've, I've watched a couple of cooking streams and some people will do like a multi-camera setup and things. So if they end up moving to like one part of their kitchen, it like, you know, the camera is, they're on sensors or something. So they'll automatically flip to a different camera or the cameras are on timers or I don't know how to do it. I personally, having multi-cam setups feel very stressful to me. That's really cool. But I don't know how you would do that without having to have someone like off camera controlling it, right? Or unless you have timed timed scenes or something. Um, I'm sure there's obviously a way because people do it. But um, the very simple cooking stream that I saw one time was just one camera setup. It was literally trained on to like the workstation. And then some people were just like, all right, we got a movie now. Let's migrate. And they would be like, make it a little fun dance. And they would just be like, do, 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 we're moving or something. They just made it really dramatic and, you know, oh, we're going on a journey or whatever, you know. Um, and it just kind of like, it's it's quirky. It's fun. It's cute. It's personable. And it's, um, people are just like, that's fine. He just needs to move the camera, whatever. Moving on into email this week, we have a message from Jackson with the subject line, rewatching, rereading, and replaying. Hello, Joel and co-host. It is January, so I have started my yearly reading of Harry Potter. I was wondering if you have a book, story game, TV show, or movie that you keep watching or playing. For me, it's definitely Harry Potter. Just wondering if I was the only person who reads and watches things like this, or if you do too. Five star for the show. Keep up the good work, Jackson. Uh, thanks for the great email, Jackson. Uh, and um, I know you're the resident Potterhead, but... I'll say mm -hmm. I definitely don't have a book that I reread. I've been thinking about rereading the Lord of the Rings. Uh, however, I'm more likely to rewatch something. And I definitely have films that I have rewatched uh, specifically over the COVID-19 pandemic. It's comfort food. Like it's, it's media comfort yeah. food for me. Uh, yeah. Definitely have seen the Captain America movies a couple times through maybe three times, four times through, um, most recently being, you know, over um, the last year. Uh, however, the big elephant in the room is Star Wars, uh, especially when someone hasn't seen them, uh, then I'm more interested in, and I have more fun watching them when someone that, that hasn't seen them. I don't watch them nearly as often as I used to, uh, but I think that's probably because I grew up watching them all the time because there wasn't the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There wasn't Lord of the Rings. It was just Star Wars was kind of all we had <laughs> as far as our, our favorite films, that and Disney movies and stuff like that, as far as the, the nerdy side of things. Um, however, uh, in my adult life, Lord of the Rings is something that I would watch almost annually, 
usually in the winter, either around Christmas time or the fall is when I tend to like to, to watch it. Um, I stopped doing that several years ago because I, um, I lost my big TV. My big TV died and it just wasn't the same. Uh, I also lost the surround sound. Uh, now that I have a new TV, uh, I do regret watching the Lord of the Rings this summer <laughs> on a small 32 inch, mm. uh, with headphones. Um, although I have to say, like, I think for a big cinematic experience like that, I'd, I might want to save up and invest in at least a sound bar and a subwoofer. I don't think I want to get into the whole surround sound thing. I went down that road and it was a lot of money and it was cool, but I ultimately just felt so self-conscious in an apartment building that I was shaking the floor. You know, like I just, I, it's great in a home if you can do that. But I find that for me, if I can't really hone the room the way that I want, then I'm probably not going to invest. Um, There's no sense, yeah. Yeah, TV speakers are a lot better than they used to be, uh, and the TCL does okay. But I, I think that for sound mixes specifically, having a really good soundbar and a small subwoofer will go will go a long way for that. So I might I might wait That's for That's exactly a... what Colin did. Yeah, oh really? He's got okay. a soundbar and a subwoofer, and he got his new TV, and it's that's nice. it's I lovely. Might have to pick his brain then uh about about what cool yeah yeah i'm sure that because so tcl makes uh 2.1 soundbar and and subwoofer and they're wireless Mm -hmm. and mm, i don't know about that i know all the audio files in the in the audience are probably cringing but at the same time like for just my apartment i sit six feet from the tv like it's not it's not uh it's it's not something that i need like some big robust full room sound uh enough uh will be will be a good enough for me i think i just the my fear with soundbars especially wireless stuff i don't want the audio to be out of sync with the video that would drive me crazy right. and i and i've heard yeah. that that's the rabbit hole that you go down uh when you when you get into soundbars um however uh to move on to tv shows i have seen downton abbey in, in its entirety at least twice uh i do really like downton abbey a whole lot so it's not something i've rewatched a lot in terms of repetition but it's got something like eight seasons or five it's a lot it's a lot of content and i've watched the entire thing through at least twice uh so again comfort food uh did not do it this year but i had other things that were on the go Um, as far as games go most of the games that i play don't have an end to them so they're less of a story game uh minecraft for example however uh assassin's creed black flag i've definitely played it through once I think I'm on my third playthrough. The second time I didn't finish it, but I got pretty far and then fell off again and then realized like, well, I kind of forget where I was and forget the story. So I'd like to kind of start over at the beginning. And um, I was only doing that out of impatience to wait for the new Xbox Series X to arrive. So uh, Mm. I might, I like Assassin's Creed's games and I like the Batman Arkham games. I think I've replayed one of those as well, but um for story games, I'm not quite as deep into that realm as as some people are. Um, but I would say Lord of the Rings and Star Wars would probably be high on my list. Uh, what about you? What are some of the TV shows or books and stuff that you either approach annually or at least frequently? Frequently. I mean, Harry Potter was definitely one of them. I think right now it's just a little bit too bitter because um, it makes me really sad knowing how Rowling is as a human being now mm-hmm. um it's left a really really bad taste in my mouth so like it's yeah so harry potter was definitely one of them um in terms of books though there wasn't really anything else that was like a long form series that i would enjoy rereading um but um 
again, like you, I'm more likely to go back and watch something again than to go read something. Um, just, I think at a time as well, because like I can pick up a book. I've tried to pick up the same book like four times and I just keep getting distracted or I keep like something else. Just kid- I don't know. I don't remember the last time I've actually read a book um, because I don't feel like I have time for it, which makes me really sad because I do really like reading. Um, but in terms of watching things, because I can watch stuff while I'm doing other things, um, my roommate and I like to rewatch things occasionally. Like when uh, Good Omens was first released, we think we watched that at least, you know, probably like three or four times in like the span of a couple months, I'd say, because it was just nice to have on in the background. Um, but <laughs> I usually go and do Disney movies. Um, if I'm like, usually when I'm like, kind of feeling sad like i'll go back and i'll watch like the old old classic disney movies um or at least like you know the 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 traditional disney movies that we know of as like traditional movies like um alice wonderland or uh robin hood the that weird like anthropomorphic robin hood movie with the foxes nice and um you know snow white and cinderella and sleeping beauty and like all the disney princess movies um, all of like the maybe not the I think the most recent and cur- like the yeah the most recent princess movie that I think I've watched has probably been Frozen too. Um, Was that any good? I I mean I liked it. There's definitely some some pacing issues I think and some kind of hand wavy lines that are like oh we just did this because the script said so. But I mean for the most mm-hmm. part uh, the music though I I think I don't really watch those movies for the plot. I watch those movies for the music. After Let It Go became like such a phenomenon, um, it kind of like just built off of that. And Elsa has two very powerful um, songs in that. I, I, we talked about this last time we did we we talked as well. And it's like you know how like what is a nerdy thing that you geek up geek out about? And for me, it's like really listening to music and how music affects me. I I don't usually cry at movies, but I don't really cry at Disney movies. I was like trying to hold back tears while watching or listening to Show Yourself because it's just such a powerful song and like the chords that they use, it's very it like it pulls emotion out of you, at least out of me in like a really really like kind of abrupt way. Um kind of worms its way in there and all of a sudden you're just like, "Well, my heart shattered, but unhappy way." um and because it's it's oh it's it's a very very good piece of music um i really like it anyway and um so i yeah there's definitely definitely some weird pacing issues with it but i i i liked it it's it it, it's a sequel movie it looks beautiful though the the animation oh when you go back and watch the original frozen and then go back to frozen 2 you can see the step up in like quality and yeah. like this just subtle detail that's in um you know like clothing and like the textures and beading and things it's amazing the the issue that i have and i like the i actually liked the original frozen too i saw that in mm-hmm. theaters actually but i haven't seen the new one just out of i forgot that it was a thing um but what i find with modern disney films especially fairy tales i usually get taken out of them when they start to make modern jokes like there's always that side character mm-hmm. that makes some pop culture reference, whereas they didn't really do that in things like Beauty and the Beast, you know, Sleeping Beauty, um, no, like I know, those older right. films. Like, and and it's still a fantasy realm. Like, it's not like they've put Frozen into the future. Uh, I enjoyed those references in uh, Onward, the 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 Pixar. I think it was a Pixar film. 
Yes, because um, it's kind of modernized. Well, it's modernized. Like, I mean, they're driving a minivan yeah. and they're talking about D&D and like playing air guitar. Like, I mean, so they, the, the modern references are there. Uh, same with uh, Zootopia. There's a lot of pop culture references in Zootopia, which is a yeah. Disney film. Uh, one of my favorites uh, in the last very good. 10 years, easily. Um, very, very good. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff, I, I, I forgive more. But there's something that just kind of pulls me out of it. it. just feels forced when like Olaf is making some reference about modern something or other. Um, and I get yeah. that they third the jokes are in there to entertain the parents and like that's fine. Um, but I feel like you can get away with it in things like Toy Story or Incredibles a lot easier than you can with with other other films. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just it's there's a number of things actually. I haven't seen Soul yet. Uh, that's on my list. I haven't either. I've heard my dad really liked it, and I was just like, okay. Like, and my dad likes animation. He just likes cool stuff, like cool stories and things. And if dad watched it and really enjoyed it, I thought, okay, I'm probably going to really like it because there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of subtlety in the animation and the storytelling that I will pick up on having worked in animation that he probably wouldn't. So if he liked it, I probably will, will really quite enjoy it. Um, but there's a couple of other things that are happening animation-wise later this year that I'm looking forward to as well. Um, Moving on into what we have been watching, I or, or I guess I, I should say playing because I really haven't watched a whole lot <laughs> uh, with mm. the new Xbox in in the uh, in the house. Uh, however, uh, to touch base on Kim's convenience, which I brought up last week, uh, just a quick note to say that I'm still watching and still very much enjoying. I've just started season two. I'm like one or two episodes into season two. I really like this show. I cannot recommend it high enough. I I don't have a you really don't have a bad thing to say about it. There's a couple of characters and situations that maybe don't hit with me as much as they might hit with others, um, specifically around the car rental um, part of the show. But but the core characters, the core family, especially um, Mr. Kim, like I just it, I am invested in this show. I'm embarrassed it took me this long to get on board because I've heard about it for a while, uh, but seeing it and watching it the last week or so. It's not often these days that I can say I really enjoy a comedy and I just will sit down and watch an episode every time I sit down to a meal. Like that's just my go-to until it's I'm caught up. Uh, that's and good. Yeah. No, I can't. Uh, sorry? Where, where are you watching it? Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, it's, is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can get it on CBC Gem for free uh, if you're okay with watching ads every once in a while. Uh, mm. or, you, or you can get it on Netflix. Uh, and I believe you'd have to watch the new ones on Gem because they just started airing the new season last week. So they would okay. probably be on Gem. Uh, you'd have to wait for the season to complete before you watch, uh, watch it on Netflix. But I'm only on season two. I think they're currently filming and airing season five, I think. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's just it's a funny show, but it has heart. So you, you care about the characters and then that makes them funnier because it's one of those shows where it's funny, but it's funnier when you get to know the characters. Like it, yes. you really, really, you don't necessarily know what Mr. Kim is going to say next, but you, you kind of know where he's leading you in the conversation. And then the punchline usually hits you, hits it out of the park. And it's not like a big, like, bump bump like sitcom punchline it's 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 a lot more down to earth which i quite like it's cool i'll have to give it a go so with the new tv i don't have any real 4k content at least that was my concern i, I know that the tv is going to uh upscale things it's going to do all kinds of great stuff for some of my older content but i was i think unaware just how much is available now 
in 4K. And I started down this rabbit hole when I sat down, uh, I think it was Tuesday morning, to like really sort out the settings on the TV and figure out what was going on. And I, you know, I'm used to having to go into things and tweak things and tweak picture quality and all that kind of stuff. But I've not owned a proper smart TV. The TV that I had before was just a big panel. It was a Sony from 15 years ago. And this uh, TCL 55-inch uh, TV will change the settings automatically based on the content it's getting. So if you're watching something in 4K on Netflix, then this TV is going to say, okay, you're watching 4K and it switches modes. And you can see like it gives you a little symbol in the top right hand corner for about three seconds to say like, I've switched to 4K HD mode or I've switched to Dolby uh, Dolby Vision or whatever. And it's, it's so seamless. I'm not used to it being this easy. And so the way to set it up, you have to find a piece of content that is generating that kind of resolution and then tweak your settings. And I thought, okay, this is really cool. So to do SDR, which is 1080p, you just find a 1080p YouTube video. Well, they're almost all on 1080p, so that was pretty easy. You set up your settings. Now, the factory settings are a little bit bright and a little bit, you know, too, like a lot of action smoothing and stuff like that that you turn off. And I did all that. Then I had to go find a 4K uh, HDR piece of content. And at first I couldn't get the settings to come up. And I was like, I don't, am I doing something wrong? Uh, can't get this to work on the TV. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm using YouTube. I probably found a 4K video, but not a 4K HDR video. So the quality control on YouTube, you have to be kind of careful and make sure what you're getting is actually the right kind of content. But uh, because I don't have anything and I've never watched anything in 4K before, uh, certainly not at this scale, uh, I just found a recording of a aquarium or some like, like a new recording of an aquarium at like an, a, a SeaWorld park or something like that. Like it was a big aquarium that they had tropical fish and stuff. Yeah. And I put that up on the TV at 4k. And obviously I did end up turning off the motion smoothing, but it's on by default. Motion smoothing. I, yeah. I, hate I that do. It's on by default, but... I do hate by that's on by default. And the TV does pretty well to say like, if you switch it to movie mode, for any of the 4K content, it turns off all of the motion smoothing by by default. It assumes that you are watching a movie and you don't want that. Perfect. Um, however, I I was blown away, and I and people are going to be rolling their eyes like you know, welcome to 2021, Joel. But this video of these tropical fish with the smoothing on, it was ridiculous. Like I'm sitting here going, "Wow!" out loud, alone. <laughs> in my apartment like it it was i mean tropical fish it's, it's bright colors and there's the water shimmering yeah. like it was mind-blowing so like i'm really excited i knew it was going to be good but i'm really excited to see what other content that i can find in 4k hdr um i mean it's gonna the the tv is gonna upscale my blu-rays i don't have an hd blu-ray player uh, or a, a UHD Blu-ray player, but so the, the upscaling and stuff should be fine. Uh, and so in my search for like, where do I get YouTube test videos for Dolby Vision and blah, blah, blah. Um, easiest thing to do is just to turn on Netflix and grab a movie that is presented in Dolby Vision. Um, I didn't have access to that because my Netflix subscription previously, as I didn't have a 4K TV, was only for regular HD. Uh, so I did fork over the four bucks extra a month to uh, update my Netflix to, which is now I think eighteen ninety nine Canadian a month to include the four K mm -hmm. content. 
Right on, uh, okay. Yeah, because I, again, I have some stuff bookmarked that I haven't watched yet, like Into the Spider-Verse, that is going to look mind-blowing on this television. It's going to look uh, so good oh in 4K. My oh, my God. Like, it's going to be I'm jealous ridiculous. That I, I didn't watch it on 4K first. I watched it. I just kind of, I just watched it on, like, a normal, like, I just high-def TV um, with no surround sound or, like, not, not a good audio system. So I'm kind of, like, jealous that you get to have your first experience with it on, like, a really good TV because it is such a good movie. Oh, it's I've seen so it in good. theaters. Like, I, I saw it. Oh, okay, I saw good. it in theaters. Uh, but it, it's... Um, I haven't seen it since. So like I'm, I, I saw it and I was like, Ooh, that's really cool. Save it, save it for the new TV. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward to that. Cause it was bright colors and like the 4k HDR. Well, I think that's in Dolby vision, I think actually. Um, but that led me down this rabbit hole of uh, all the different things that are in 4k. And I know we were talking during the holiday roundtable that Disney is increasing their price in March in, in Canada. I think it's going up by three or four dollars. Uh, however, right. most of the content on Disney, unless it's television content, all the movies are 4K or Dolby Digital. Hmm. And you don't have to pay extra. So Mandalorian, all the Star Wars films, Marvel, Pixar, they're all in 4K. Now, they might not all be Dolby Vision, but they're all at least in 4K. Uh, which means that anything that I watch on the Disney streaming channel is going to be a uh, higher definition than the Blu-rays of the Star Wars films and, and Marvel films that I own. So like it's, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to Jackson's question, rewatching some of the things that I haven't seen in a long time. I haven't watched Star Wars since my, I think since my old TV died, I've not watched the original six I have watched Force Awakens and The Last Jedi in preparation to going to see The Rise of Skywalker back when it was in theaters. But that was the last time I watched either one of those. So it's been a couple years for the new films and it's been uh, a long time for the original. So I'm really looking forward to checking checking those out. Uh, I, I, I might have skipped ahead a little bit and uh, the first thing that I actually watched on the 4k television not even realizing that disney was presenting 4k i just wanted to see what it would look like is the opening scene to a new hope with the imperial star destroyer crawl over like i just yeah <laughs> it's going to be epic i'm excited to hear about your experience with this new 4k adventure the tcl um it is a true 120 hertz panel uh, but with the current HDMI inputs, they're not HDMI 2.1. So while it does 4K, it does 4K at 60 hertz, and it does 2K at 120 hertz. Both of those are much higher than the 1080p TV that I had even eight years ago, and certainly a lot better than the 32-inch that I just got rid of. Um, so I think either way, I'm going to be blown out of the water. There is a T. HX certified game mode uh, and I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's a dynamic refresh rate, I think. Um, anyway, there's technology in the in the TV for game mode where it bridges that gap. And so while technically the TV can't do 4K at 120, I would argue I don't know that my eyeballs would see the difference, especially because I don't like motion smoothing. Uh, and so the THX certified thing is going to happen for games when you want things to be snappy and smooth 
And then when I'm watching all the films and all the other HD content, I've turned the settings, I've turned all that motion smoothing and stuff off. It actually took me a minute to get used to it because I was watching, I don't remember the name of the film. It's got George Clooney in it. It's a Netflix thing that's in Dolby Vision. And I kept on going into the settings to say like, did I double, did I turn that off? I thought I turned off the motion smoothing. And every time I did, I checked it. And sure enough, I had turned off the motion smoothing. But the 4K was so crisp. I was just like, no, I must have left the motion smoothing on. So uh, it's been a learning mm. experience to say the least. Yeah. Um, but to get to the meat of what I've been um, consuming, because while I've watched a few things uh, and Kim's Convenience is what I've been watching on Netflix, it's not really showcasing the best of the TV. It's also not in 4K. It's just upscaled from whatever 1080p that they presented it. Uh, however, uh, I've been playing Batman Arkham Knight, Forza Horizon 4, Halo, mm -hmm. the Master Chief Collection. And I did Excellent. dip my toe back into Minecraft Dungeons, but cross saves are not yet available. So I've already gone no. quite far in the game on the computer. So I don't want to necessarily do it over again. I'll, I might do some co-op stuff with a new character for fun, but I don't want a solo playthrough beyond the one that I already have going. Um, I have installed, but not yet played, Skyrim, Titanfall, Ori in the Blind Forest and Ori in the Will of the Wisps. I don't remember which one is first, but I, I will sort that out and play the first one first. I think it's Blind Forest that's first. I think so too. I think. I'm looking for suggestions uh, for newer content because I was a little concerned at first. I started playing ba Batman Arkham Knight and I was just like, I mean, it's cool. It's big. It's Batman game. It's a fun game. Don't get me wrong. The mechanics are, are cool. But I was just like, this doesn't look as good as I thought it was going to. And here's why. Because I thought Arkham Knight was a much more recent game than it is. It's not. It's at mm. least four years old. Uh, so it yeah. was actually made for the Xbox One launch and then updated, I think, a little bit for PC. So it got some high-res updates for PC, but not for Xbox. I went looking. And uh, so as a result, it's like a 900 or 1080p game being upscaled to mm. uh to 4k and <laughs> because it's an older game for an older console it was meant to take advantage of that hardware and that hardware has been increased exponentially so it's not been optimized for xbox series x from what i can tell uh not to mention that it's raining the entire time in that game so everything just kind of has this shimmer to it all the time. And it I realized after playing for about uh, 20 minutes, I was like, okay, this isn't the TV. This is the game not quite looking how I was going to expect it. Um, so that aside, I am really enjoying Arkham Knight. Did you play that at all? Did you play the Arkham series? I didn't. Um, I don't know. I think at the time I wasn't really super invested in, in Batman or I didn't have the console in which to play it. Um, so there was... There was there's a reason I, I I was kind of like always around like my sphere, but I never actually sat down to experience it. Um, but I'd like to at some point, but I have a hard time going back to older games that look kind of clunky. So, so we'll see. it gets a little bit better um, as you go on. Uh, and part of it too was that I had not yet tweaked all the settings on the TV. And so I think game mode was still pretty bright. Uh, and... And so what was meant to be a dark game was showing me like all the details in the shadows. And when I tweaked it again, uh, 
the last time I played, I noticed the game quality visually a lot less. Um, but it's 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 gameplay wise, it's still great. Like it still plays very modern. It doesn't feel clunky. Um, not a big fan of the Batmobile. I think I know that was a big selling feature uh, of the game, but I just the narrow streets of Gotham and the st- I don't find steering and driving games um, specifically when that's not exactly what they do. Yeah. Uh, to not be the best, and even then, I can find it be pretty tricky. Um, case in point, uh, moving on to Forza Horizon Four. Uh, holy crap! I am not a racing game person that I wouldn't necessarily put that at the top of my list, but Hey, I've got game pass and I recognize the IP and said, I've heard people talk about that before. Let's check it out. Yeah. Wow. Is it pretty? Colin loves it. Oh my gosh. He loves it so much. He really likes to design cars in there and he's just like, I'm just going to go for a drive. Just go for a drive. That's what I did. Yeah. I just, yeah. I set a, I set a waypoint marker cause I don't know my way around the map. I set a waypoint marker like way at the top and said like, I'm just going to drive to see what I can do. I don't have access to an Audi, <laughs> uh, T26 or whatever it's called. I don't know cars. I don't, I haven't tweaked the engines. I haven't done a paint job. I just drive around. Uh, I've done a couple of races and I've done okay. Actually. Um, I mean, I've got it on like normal slash easy mode or something, but, um, I could not believe how that looked on a big 4k TV and how smooth everything was running and how pretty the scenery is and how weird it was to drive on the left-hand side of the road because <laughs> the whole thing's set in the UK, right? So if you're on the right-hand side, there's oncoming traffic <laughs> and it's just like, oh crap, right? Uh, yeah. And, and uh, I also have zero experience driving uh, over 100 kilometers an hour, uh, maybe 110 on the highways around here, but that's it. Uh, so to go, uh, and the way that they introduced the game, which is really, really smart, the game's got a bunch of different modes. And while they're running the credits, they put you behind the car, the wheel of several different cars in different modes. You start off in like a Bugatti, uh, and then you get on into like an off-road truck, and then you're in like a, a roadster, like the the off-road races that they do in the UK. Uh, and then in the last one, I don't remember what it was. I think you're back down to a street race or something like that. Um but my gosh, it's just like you are off to the races in no time in that game. Uh, and then they start to give you the tutorial about how to do things and whatever. I'm still, I, I do find that the lack of instruction is kind of hard um, because I don't know, I didn't know what to do, where to go. Um, but I'm realizing that I just kind of have to explore and kind of like listen to the audio cues. I love the fact that they have this huge list of names. And if you can find your name, then the voiceover character that runs you through the the circuit and the and the the racing festival will call you by name so joel was on the list so i'm just kind of like she's like hi joel welcome to and i was like she's talking to me (laughs) like it just it's it really it sounds so silly but it does really make a difference um in terms of the immersion and i am surprised like you said about colin like i will just sit down for 20 minutes on a lunch break and just drive around drive just to try to try to get good um i may have taken out a lot of fences and stone walls and a tree might have taken me out at a certain point that's me yeah. i just drive into everything i'm so bad at like controlling steering and driving games like i'm i'm so bad at it because i i think it's also depending on the controllers that you have i find the reaction is not quite as intense so like i find i have to like if i want to turn right i kind of like overshoot my turn or i don't turn fast enough or the controller actually does not 
allow me to turn at the speed I need to. So it's like it's like the 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 actual control, like the the what's the word I'm looking for? Calibration is off. Right. Um, for like turning, or maybe I'm just I'm I'm also just really terrible at driving, but um, or it's like it's too like you can turn your your Joy-Con like the slightest little bit, and all of a sudden you're like fishtailing. Like you can just try to like yeah. adjust it, and it's just like oh, I'm fishtailing, and it's like it's really hard to find the balance of things. I think the biggest thing that I've learned about Forza so far is the brakes are really harsh. And even though mm. I've got it set up to mimic ABS brakes, I still have to just gently tap them. And something yeah. that I didn't realize, uh, I was following the racing path where they put like the blue arrows on the road. You're supposed to follow the path. And when you turn a corner, they turn yellow and then they turn red. And I thought like, okay, sharp turn coming up. Good to know. You know, I've seen that in other games. Uh, Except for out of just happenstance, they didn't tell me this or if they did, I missed it. Uh, by the way, uh, pet peeve about games. If you put text on screen that's important, let me click it to make it go away. Yes. Because very, very often I am not done reading it before it disappears. At which point I press X to do this and and then it's gone. It's like, well, but just I, I needed to know that, you know, so that that kind of stuff is frustrating. But I realized uh, out of just like trying to slow down and not crash into things. Cause I was noticing that like you get, I don't know whether you get dinged money or stuff when you crash into things, but there's some sort of motivation obviously to not crash into everything. Um, despite the fact that your car will take damage, but then I've never had to repair the car. So I don't know if it's just like a visual thing of like, you should really try not to bump into the wall because over time we're going to crack your windshield and that's not going to be a good visual experience for you driving. Yeah. Um, so what happens is if the arrows are yellow and red, you're going too fast to take that turn. And so you have to break until the arrows are, I think I can take turns when they're just yellow, uh, like just a little bit yellow, but if they're bright yellow or red, you're going to hit the wall. And so I realize now that, you know, there's a certain amount of braking that has to happen for some of these corners. And it's just a matter of getting used to, I'm imagining different cars, different setups, like, like you say about Colin, like tweaking his car. Um, and I don't know anything about cars. So I like the fact that it's all real language as opposed to Mario Kart, where it's just like these thin wheels will make you go faster. It's like, sweet. Okay. That's all I need to know. Right. Whereas this it's like, Hey, do you want the, um, you know, insert three different brand names of tires here. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I've got no clue. So it's cool that yeah. I imagine gearheads that really know a lot about cars have an awful lot of fun with with um, with Forza. But I, I oh it, yeah, it's it's very elaborate in oh, what you can do with it. It's which just is crazy. nice. It's really really fun. Uh, moving on to the Master Chief Collection, I only just started playing this last night. I reached out to Ryan uh, a little bit to say like, hey. Like, what order should I play these in? Because I know that there's a prequel and I know that there's all this kind of stuff. I have played a good chunk of the first Halo game, but it's been a very, very long time. And um, I know it's only the first one. I'm sure that the mechanics will get better, um, but not a big fan of it so far. It's been updated. The graphics have all been updated to yes. for like an anniversary edition. So it doesn't look like garbage, uh, but it's just not quite what I want in a shooter. However, my last shooter experience was Borderlands 3, which is a brand new game on a PC with a mouse and keyboard. And I remember playing the very first Borderlands for the first time on the Xbox 360. So I can do 
the Xbox controller shooters. I just feel like I'm used to maybe the mouse at present. And so Halo, and also the original Halo Combat Evolved is the the, the mechanics of shooting is probably not going to be the best. Even if they've updated a little bit, it's still not going to be like a modern. Like once I get to Halo 4, I'm probably going to have a much better time. Um, I enjoy it for, for, for what it is. And even though the graphics have been updated, considering how old Combat Evolved is, I was pretty impressed by by the immersion in the story so far. Uh, it's been it's been pretty fun. Um, I mean, granted, I was really just escaping the ship and blowing some stuff up, but still, I mean, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board to, to as a bit of a rite of passage, I think, as like an Xbox player. I think I'm gonna I'm, I'll continue with it. Um, as I mentioned, I played a little bit of Minecraft Dungeons. Boy, howdy, does it look pretty, but I just, I didn't do a lot because I didn't want to do something on my own without, like, I didn't want to replay stuff I've already done. So that was uh, not high on the list. Is it worth playing at all? Do you think Minecraft Dungeons? I haven't seen you play it on stream, so I'm not sure if it was a stream thing you were doing or oh, um, if it was like just something you were doing on your own time or like, um, I just wasn't like, because I've, I've been hearing mixed things about it. Um, and some people really, really like it, and some people find it kind of difficult to get into. So I'm just wondering your thoughts on it, because I've been, I've been looking. I think for like, um, I like the concept of it, how it's kind of like a little adventure thing. One hundred percent worth it. Uh, yeah. Way more fun with friends. Uh, and yes. uh, I enjoyed my playthrough on stream. The problem that I have is I find that the final boss is unbalanced and punishing, and uh, I could okay. be just bad luck. Uh, but it's a combination of the bad luck of dying trying to kill this guy three times in a row. Um, things like being pushed off the edge of something and or, mm. or doing a jump and you thought you landed it, but the game says, nope, and then pushes you off the block and says, no, you really didn't land that jump that you clearly did. Uh, and that I found super frustrating. I don't like that experience. Uh, that combined with, I think I was around the same time I started working on the Modern City. Uh, and, okay. and so like something else caught my attention. It might've also been mm. Borderlands three. Like, I just, I don't remember what it was, but something else rose to the occasion. I really only have time to stream one other game other than Minecraft. Like I can't do three or right. four. It's just Minecraft and right. then whatever else. And so I really like it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the top down stuff is great. It's, it's got a great, uh, easy to pick up, hard to master sort of vibe. Uh, mm -hmm. the gameplay is really straightforward. The depth comes from what gear and what artifacts are you going to roll with? Like, are you going to use speed boots? Are you going to use a big ax? Are you going to use a bow and arrow? Are you going to use a wizard hat? Like what, like, what is right. it? How? And the thing is like, you don't have to decide on a class, how you play depends on what gear you equip. Simple as that. Okay. That's cool. You don't like being a wizard, pick up a sword. Now you're no longer a wizard or maybe you're a wizard with a sword. Like, you know, it just, it just, it, it really plays however you want. Uh, my That's issue cool. with my issue with Minecraft Dungeons on the Xbox is that I've already played to the last level of the main game on the PC, and I don't want to do it over again. Solo, I will one hundred percent do it with somebody else. Right? I'd love to walk anybody through it, or not walk anybody through it because I'm I'm not that familiar with it. But like, I would do it again for fun with a friend. Mm -hmm. But my solo playthrough is at the end of the first difficulty level i'd like to beat that and then move on to the dlc but i just i just haven't had the time slash interest to go and beat my head against the last boss wall um i think we've talked about that on the show before about punishing bosses and things and i just it's just yeah. not my it's just not my bag and again it could be just bad luck because 
there's other bosses in the game and one of them took several tries, but it was difficult in a good way. Okay. Then the other two, the the cauldron, I can't remember the name of the cauldron. There's a cauldron and there's a redstone monster. And the cauldron, I died the first time, beat it the second time. Redstone monster, died the first time, beat it the second time. So it's like mm. you you die, you learn, you win. And I was like, that's a progression I can kind of be, get behind. Yes. The skeleton boss in the desert temple, I think it was three times, but like one of them, I just got smoked. Uh, one of them, it was my mistake. I was like, all right, fine. I knew I knew it going in. I knew I screwed up. Uh, and then I had to change my strategy and I ended up beating it the, the third time. And I think it was a separate stream. Like I think I, ended, I actually ended the stream and then I came back the next day fresh and just killed it the first time right so like it's just there those have been satisfying things but the for whatever reason the end boss it just takes so long to get through in the level and then to for have to have you be thrown off the edge of the level at the very last second it's it's just Mm. it's not fun for me but that that is just one very small part of a very broad game and once you get through that there's oh my gosh there's tons of dlc there's like howling peaks there's the jungle dlc there's um, now there's uh, seasonal events. So like over the holidays, they had like uh, come in and, and play and everything's dark and at night or everything's frozen or whatever. And then you get extra bonus gear. You know, it's kind of like end game stuff. Um, if you've if you've done all the things that you can do as far as the levels, then uh, every couple months they're opening up new rewards for like, you know, time trials and uh, beat this level, but uh, all the bad guys have got like extra health and just stuff like that. And it just adds. That's cool. Yeah. No, it adds a lot of stuff to it. I like I like community event stuff like that. Yeah. And and uh, the times that I've played with like Pixel Rifts, I had a great uh, playthrough with um, with Pixel Rifts and Exumavoid from Hermitcraft. Uh, we interviewed mm-hmm. him on the Spawn Chunks. And then uh, afterwards, he's like, what are you boys doing later? You want to come play some dungeons? And it wasn't streamed. We just kind of hung out and played. It was a riot. It was a really fun time. Uh, and so that, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, actually. and I, I'd love to do it with people from our community, uh, especially now that I have an Xbox and I can kind of like couch game and not worry about like streaming it. Like it's just as a fun yeah. hangout, you know. Is it cross compatible? Yep, yep. Crossplay oh, was perfect. live as of December, so between PC, Switch, console for Xbox, and I think that's it. Rad. Yeah, I would really like as like a community game thing. Cause I, cause there's so many amazing people within, cause we have like joint communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many people that I would love to just get together to play games other than Minecraft with. Um, and I know that someone had been threatening about trying to like get people involved in an, in a among us stream or not stream, like a, a game, sorry. Um, streaming is on the brain of it, evidently. Um, cause it is a lot of fun when you get like a good crowd of people going, it can be, um, hilariously entertaining and um i don't know i i always have a really good time with it and i would i would i would like a chance to to hang out with more community people and play among us and there's a new i don't know if it's available on i know among us is available on xbox and it is cross compatible or crossplay is there yes um and um i i don't know if it's available on the xbox but i know there's um like proximity chat where, um, you know, like if someone is near you in the game, they can actually hear you, like, like hear your mic. Otherwise, you have to meet your mic at certain points. I'm sure you've seen some some streams with it and everything, but it's a lot of fun. And I think it would be um, a fun, like, community 
thing to do at some point down the line. Yeah, I'd definitely be on board for that. Looking to do more community stuff, which I think is is great. Yes. I, I like I like that push. I because I need it because I get so busy that I tend to just like all work all the time, uh, mm-hmm. and I have downtime, but I tend to take downtime away from computers, uh, and so going into something like that would be would be really fun. Uh, speaking of suggestions, though, if anybody that's listening uh, has specifically newer games that would be good in 4K, so I'm not going to rush out right now and buy something like uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, I know it has great reviews but i i just got the xbox and the tv so the xbox game pass is kind of like where it's at for me and so there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of games on there and some of them are not old old um but if you have anything that you specifically really enjoy uh that would be great to showcase on like a a 55 inch 4k tv uh and an xbox series x then let me know because i am definitely out of the gaming loop as far as consoles go as far as xbox go and i'd be happy to uh to get some suggestions Moving on into the Internet Minute, which is, of course, brought to you by you. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back into it. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. We're joining at any level. We'll get you an invite to the members-only Discord server. There are multiple levels to choose from, and that include rewards like Discord roles and bonus audio. Uh, there is an episode of bonus content with Megan and I from last weekend talking about the Citadel Minecraft server. You can check out everything at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Patron count is currently at 21, which I believe is up one from last month. So yay. yay. Um, but if you want to be 22, nothing's stopping you. Just head on over to patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Check out the levels and join where you would like to fit in. Uh, as a programming note, the Patreon page should now be showing local currency. Uh, as long as your currency is available on the platform, things like Canadian dollars, US dollars, the euro, and the British pound is how you will see the amount chosen. If it looks weird, it's because the base amount and how the Citadel Cafe has been set up is in US dollars. So if you are looking at a $1 per show amount and it looks like a lot more than that or a bit more than that, that's Patreon kind of like figuring out one, the exchange rate, and two, patreon's um fee i think because it's definitely not the same as the exchange rate they kind of go up in in round increments uh so if like the exchange rate is like say a dollar 37 you might see a dollar 50 or something canadian on uh on the page uh if you have any questions please feel free to either grab me on twitter it's at joel duggan or send me an email, joelduggan.com. Uh, probably the easiest way to reach out and contact me should you need to. Or of course, you could just email the podcast. But uh, I I knew this was coming, but I wanted to make sure people knew that it was, it was a plan that Patreon had. I believe that they have data that says that patrons prefer to see things in their own currency. I don't know if that's particularly how I would want to go, but I can't make, you know, they can't make the decisions for everybody all of the time, right? Like they have to kind of say, okay, look, the vast majority would prefer this. This is what's happening. They did send me a heads up. I know I got a notification, I think in the fall saying like, by the way, you can turn this on if you want right now, but it will be default. Yeah. Default going forward in the future. I did have a question about Patreon because I've been seeing this about like online how Patreon um, has kind of changed their billing structure because I know before I would like if someone decided to be a patron they'd typically be billed at the first of every month so if you signed up say at the end of January um, you'd automatically be billed for the first of February so it looked like you were getting billed twice 
faster or something like it was like you had a, a secondary bill coming out a little sooner um but i know that they've gone more to like it's a month based on when someone becomes a patron have you noticed that like have you is that a change that you're aware of or is that something that you've noticed as a creator causing issues or anything i don't notice it very much because most of the content that i produce is episode based so for example with the mm -hmm. civil cafe and the spawn chunks we charge patrons based on per episode okay uh, and that is per episode since they have become a patron. So if you join in the middle of January, there's only two more shows before the January is over. So when you get your dollar per show um, bill from Patreon, it's two bucks for the first month. In the next month, right. if there's four shows, then it's $4 because you've been around for four shows ah, that you've decided okay. to support. That's on a... So it's like a floating amount. That's on a per episode Patreon page. Now, okay. there are uh, Patreon pages that don't do that, like my personal Patreon page for supporting the streaming work that I do. Uh, that is a per month. And you can set as a creator which um, fees you want charged and if you want them to be charged up front. So if okay. someone says, I want to support Joel, but I also want to play on a Minecraft server uh, with a bunch of really like-minded nerdy people, then they choose the $10 amount and it charges them immediately. And then they have immediate access to Infinity Cove. The only right. time okay. that I have to explain that to people sometimes where it gets a little bit hairy is if someone joins on the 25th of June you know, or January, then they're billed the $10 for the access and then they're billed again mm -hmm. in February. Um, mm -hmm. I don't run into it a lot, a lot, because most people that are willing to do that understand. Like right. they understand that, you know, it's a monthly fee. Patreon rolls this over once a month and I'm joining at the end of the month. I may have, I have to actually go back and look. I haven't read this in a while, but the description of the Infinity Cove tier might have a little asterisk that says, by the way, to get the most out of your month, like join at the beginning of the month as opposed to the end. Right. That sort of thing. I just know I've seen some people kind of express some frustrations about it, how creators could be like, you know, I, for billing purposes for my business, it was easier for me to say like, okay, yes, I have this many patrons at the start of the month. Like on February 1st, I have this many. And I've seen from actual patrons being like, I liked it when all of the patron or the, when all the patrons that I was supporting, um, uh, I liked how I had a, a clean, tidy bill coming out at the first of every single month as like my my Patreon budget. And now that it's, I don't know if it's a default now for for some creators or for most creators. Um, but if you if you sign up, say uh, January twenty seventh, you're not getting billed again until February twenty seventh. So it's a month from the time that you signed up, which makes sense. But then from like the way Patreon was usually structured was that you would be billed at the first of every single month. Um, so I've seen it go both ways. I've not seen that change. All of my Patreon bills are still on one bill at this top of the month. So, and I, okay. and I, I feel like I would have heard about that. Unless that's something that's rolling out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I just remember seeing my Twitter feed kind of blow up about it and get a little frustrated. So unless well, it's been scrapped recently or whatnot, but yeah. The problem with that is that it could be someone getting it wrong. Mm. I just, I wanted to ask because you're kind of like my, my uh, yeah. Patreon encyclopedia. So I've not had any information from Patreon saying, hey, by the way, we're changing this. And they're usually pretty good about getting creators about three months heads up mm. about big changes like that. Because uh, that would suck. From my perspective, 
I do not want to track a hundred different people being billed at different times. And when that com- money comes into me, exactly. not yeah. interested at all. And that was, that was my worry for you when I saw it. I was like, well, that's going to be terrible from a business perspective. I mean, at the same time, I have some misgivings or at least some, some misunderstandings about why it's better to have local currency. Um, while it's good to, I guess, diversify, it's also just like, I kind of know what a US dollar is. I think the whole world kind of does, you know, because so mm. much of it is US in terms of the online market that when I just say like, I'm paying, buying something in US dollars, I know it's going to be more expensive because Canadian dollars don't exchange at the same rate. Um so in a way, I often thought that it was good for me because when people are paying US dollars to support me, when I get the download at the end of the month, I actually get more than what's on the ticket price because the exchange works in my favor in that in that way. Um, right. Get it, the other thing that I find that Patreon has done, uh, and I don't want this to turn into a big rant about Patreon, but they now offer people the opportunity uh, or creators the opportunity to turn on uh, annual subscriptions. So instead of supporting me at a dollar a month, for example, you could support me at $12 for the year, one and done. Yeah. I don't want that as a creator. I can't track my business that well if I don't know month to month what's doing well and driving more patrons. Uh, yeah. If everybody just subscribed at once, I mean, one, I know not everybody's going to do it. So you're not going to have your entire patronage just all give you one big chunk. But I don't like it's, there's a very good reason why most businesses don't pay annually in one chunk <laughs> uh, because yeah. it's it's not easy for people to manage. People don't have that kind of overhead. Like there's just a lot of stuff that goes into that. And while I think that there might be some clubs or, or other kinds of things that might benefit from that on Patreon, podcasting is not something that I'm, you know, I'm going to go in that route because like, you could subscribe for a year and something could happen where I don't podcast for half the year. You know, maybe I get sick. Yeah. Like, you know, there's lots of things that can yeah. come up on that. Um, and I don't want to have that kind of money sitting around. Like, what's the point of having it if I have to then be careful not to spend it if something goes wrong and I can't fulfill the prov- the promise of doing those podcasts, right? So exactly. for me, yeah. the, 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 the benefit to Patreon and most crowdfunding is increasing that bottom tier, that $1 level, because it's consistent, it's hands-off. Like once people set it up, as long as their PayPal or credit card remains valid, then Patreon just takes that dollar, $2, $4, whatever it is that you signed up to support, uh, they just take it every month. You don't have to think about it. And then you usually get access to like a Discord or bonus audio or like you have those kind of benefits coming to you. Uh, and then you get the pat yourself on the back and know that you're supporting an independent creator. You know, like it just, that kind of stuff is, I think the strength of Patreon and I know they mm-hmm. have to grow, but I, I do sometimes feel like some of the changes are, I, I hesitate to say left field because there's obviously a wide variety of creators on Patreon. And yeah. so I'm not one of those people that's going to benefit from these changes, but there probably is quite a few people that are, because I don't feel like Patreon does anything willy nilly. From what I've I've gathered from their communications and the way that they approach business and the podcast interviews that I've heard with Jack Conti, which I heard, I highly encourage anybody to go track down because he's a very knowledgeable dude um, and a creator himself, musician. Um, he, as the CEO, like he really just kind of outlines, yes, as a business, they have to grow. Yes, they have shareholders and stuff they have to answer to, but 
he is not interested in making life more difficult for creators. If anything, he wants the opposite. And mm -hmm. there has been moments, I don't remember the exact example, but there was something that they tried to roll out and Patreon just collectively said, please don't. All the creators were just like, let's not do that. And Patreon like, okay, we heard you. Thanks for the feedback. We won't do that, you know? And so that is a nice kind of mode of operation, I think, for Patreon. But. Right, yeah. But moving into the pick, actually, this week, uh, uh, the uh, the research I did online led me to a Business Insider article. Uh, yes, Disney Plus is 4K. Here's what you need to know. And uh, I was concerned about the TV in the living room and not having my internet come into the living room. My internet comes into the office. And so I'd have to run Cat5 cable, like either along or under my baseboards in my apartment to get a Ethernet cable to my television. I was worried mm. that uh, the... Wi-Fi would not be strong enough. Um, however, uh, this article kind of breaks down how you need to go about looking for 4K content. Usually that content is flagged with like a Dolby Digital or a 4K HDR. It'll have some sort of little symbol on it that will indicate to you that is going to be 4K. Uh, your television, which is something I'm getting used to, is smart enough to change its mode depending on what content is being fed into it. For example, mm. if I watch Netflix on the Xbox, I have two ways. I can watch it on the Roku TV or I can watch it via the Xbox. So if I watch Netflix on the Xbox, it gives me standard definition and the TV stays in standard definition. If I switch to play Halo, it switches to game mode because it knows despite the fact that I'm on the Xbox, the feed, the content that's coming in is of a different resolution and quality uh, and requires a, a different thing. Uh, it's very cool. Um, so usually your smart TV or smart box, whether that's, you know, whatever set-top box you want to have, uh, that is going to manage what signal is being sent to, to, to the TV. And the TV is then going to um, figure out what it needs to do. The only thing that you have to worry about on the other side of that is your download speed. And this article recommends uh, 25 megabits per second. Uh, and I think I have 100 symmetrical. So... I should be good. Even if the Wi-Fi slows down by 50%, I'm still another 25 megabytes above the minimum for uh, 4K streaming. Uh, so I shouldn't have a problem. I know some purists out there are going to be like, well, you know, it's not just your connection. It's also the connection that your pipe has to the rest of the world. But being mm -hmm. in North America and in a decently sized city here in Atlanta, Canada, um, I'm not too worried about that. My streaming quality is pretty good my download and internet quality is is excellent so i'm not too worried about that i don't think i'm going to necessarily notice i don't have a 4k blu-ray player to compare it to that would be the best way because then you're you're it's lossless your bandwidth is just as long as the you know it's just whatever hdmi cord you're using so right that's fine uh, but this article and another of a number of other articles uh in that realm uh, i found this one the most helpful and straightforward um, another thing that you could look for was also like, hey, what movies are in 4K? Like what things are in 4K and where are they? Like what service is it? Netflix or Amazon or Disney Plus? Like what what has the 4K content that you want to see? Whether that's a film that you want, an older movie maybe, all that kind of stuff. But we'll have the link to the Disney Plus article because that is where I'm going to be spending some time <laughs> over the next little while uh, in the show notes for this week. 
That wraps up this episode of The Sizzle Cafe. You can get more information about the show and some of the things that Megan and I talked about at thesizzlecafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email us at thesizzlecafe at gmail.com with those Xbox game recommendations. Find the show by name on Twitter. You can subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Word of mouth, however, is the easiest way to support the show. It's free. Just tell a friend about The Sizzle Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can check out my other podcasts all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. And of course, follow me at Joel Duggan on social media. And I will point you towards twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan, where I'm playing a lot of Minecraft, but I'm looking forward to whatever next adventure is coming down the tubes. Megan, where can people find you online? People can find me online on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok at Townsend. You've been listening to The Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two. Mm-hmm.